Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's your host, with the most, Chris. Guess, probably the first thing that came to y'all's minds if you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook Live, or if you're listening on Spotify or Amazon Music. If you can't see it, I will tell you right now. I'm wearing a suit. That's right. I got the all-black suit, got the tie. I got on the Tony Stark shades. Why, you may ask? Because it's draft week. That's right. It's NFL draft week is starting this Thursday night. I'm super excited for the draft, and you know I gotta look my best when you're trying to get picked number one. So I got on a suit for this special NFL draft edition of the CFE Sports Podcast. I kind of hinted at it in the last episode, saying, hey, I have something a little special planned for you guys for the NFL draft. Well, here it is. You guys get to see me in a suit, rocking some Tony Stark shades. Because, you know, you got to go all out, you got to go big, got to get noticed. So, boom, shades, all black suit, ready to go. I feel great. I feel like I'm going to get drafted number one, which we'll get to the NFL draft later in this episode. I have actually a mock draft ready to go for you guys. You guys get to tell me if you guys think that's going to happen or if you have any other mock drafts or we find out Thursday night if I was right or how many I got correct. So, let's get started with the episode. So, first order of business. My Dallas Stars, Stanley Cup playoffs are still going on. The Stars have now taken the lead in the series, 3-2 over the Wild. Very exciting time. They won 4-0 last night. I'm super excited for this team. They go back to Minnesota, I believe tomorrow night, or at some point they go back. So, very excited to see it. They just got to win this game and shut it out. Worst case scenario, they go back to Dallas and finish it there. I'm very excited. Uh, Definitely a little bit of scare from time to time. There were times where, you know, Minnesota looked like they were just better than us. There were times we looked scared. And then it was vice versa, that we looked better than Minnesota, and they were scared of us. But now I think they're they're kind of understanding that they may have to be a little bit scared of the Stars and that offensive firepower that we have. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I think we're going to move on. I got them winning in game six. So give it up to the Dallas Stars for taking the lead. And now let's see if we can move on to the next round. Next. So the first topic for today got the NFL world buzzing because it finally happened. We've been asking for it for months. We've waited. We've heard podcasts. We've heard rumors. We weren't sure if this was ever going to happen. But Aaron Rodgers is finally a New York Jet. It was reported the other day by Adam Schefter that they finally got a compensation thing worked out for the Jets and the Packers, so they're finally able to move on from Aaron Rodgers, and they are finally able to kind of see what they can you know, get from here on forward, and the Jets have the quarterback that they needed last season, and now maybe they have a chance to make it into the playoffs. So this is kind of what the compensation ended up looking like. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers, the number 15 pick, and I believe around uh, 5 pick. The Packers would receive the number 13 pick, a second round pick this year, and a conditional uh, second round pick next year. So if I believe it's if Rodgers plays about 65% of the games, uh, it will turn into a number one, along with a six-round pick for this year. Um, who won the draft? I don't, or who won this trade? I think it's about fifty-fifty. I think it was about about pretty fair about who was going to get what because I think that that was the biggest concern for the Jets is to make sure that Rodgers was going to come play, and it wasn't one of those situations where, well, the minute we get him, he retires. Now we got nothing, and we're out of picks. So maybe like that's kind of what the whole situation was going on about. We were trying, you know, hoping we can get this whole scenario done and get this whole all thing figured out and we finally did Aaron Rodgers is now finally a jet so now we can say that now let's look at both teams here what is this going to mean for Green Bay well Jordan Love's in the driver's seat now they're going to see what their investment was four to five years ago when they drafted him in the first round um I know there was a lot of like kind of upside to him when he did start and play there were a lot of people that think oh he's going to be fine he probably won't be as great as Rodgers but he's going to be you know, he can make it work with that team, and I think he can too, especially with the young wide receivers that they got at Watson and Dubs. I think he's going to be okay. I really I don't think he's going to be in a position to fail completely. I don't think that he's in a position where he's going to fall flat on his face. I don't think he's in a position where they're going to, well, they may lose the division, but I think they could possibly still make wild card depending on how they play their cards in this draft. So with that in mind, 
kind of kind of just a whole situation with how all this worked out. It was just crazy to me what happened with the Packers and kind of like this he said she said story mode that they had going on like, you know, Rodgers was saying that they weren't communicating with him, but Packers were saying, "Yeah, cuz you're not talking to us." So, it was just a crazy story and this whole development and kind of how it all ended was finally great for the Packers cuz I know they were ready to move on whenever we started hearing reports in January that they were ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers and just go with Jordan Love and go from there. But, you know, Rodgers was complaining. He said, I'm, I'm going to retire. He went to his darkness retreat. You know, he said, I'm 90% in retirement, which is still an A. Go retire if that's really what you want. But they were able to figure it out and go from there. Now, on to the Jets side. They got, their, they got a quarterback, at least a competent quarterback. Because that's what they were short of last season. Remember, because uh, Zach Wilson was not great. Bryce, uh, I'm sorry, White, Mike White got hurt. Joe Flacco, old shell of himself. They needed a quarterback, and ironically, they had a really, really good team. They had a top defense in the AFC. They had a great rookie wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall was emerging as the rookie of the year for the Jets, but he tore his ACL, so sadly he was out. And they just they had good weapons around them. It sucked to see that the Jets were struggling that bad because they did not have a quarterback. Now, with Aaron Rodgers coming in, I don't know if it'll be like, you know, a match made in heaven right now. Here's why. Because he did not practice with them. It's been, a, you know, the offseason has been going for a while now. And he's barely reporting to training, like to training camp stuff and kind of getting that whole thing working out. It's going to take some time. I think it's going to take a minute to kind of, you know, fully get in rhythm. Because we saw this, you know, when he kind of held out last season and he came very late. What happened? He had no kind of chemistry with his receivers. And it didn't work out. I think now he came a little bit earlier, so now he can kind of like start working out with Garrett Wilson and the and that offense. And he has uh, Nathaniel Hackett back, who was his offensive coordinator a couple years ago. So he's in a position where he's going to do good. However, will it work out the first year? I don't know. I kind of don't think so because on paper they're a really good team. That's barring anything that may happen to them. You know, injuries, illness, suspensions. Who knows? We never know with these things. You know, it's very hard to predict the future. So on paper, they should be great. However, do I think they're going to beat the Bills for the division? I think the Bills still may win it. So, you know, the Jets got better. I think now they're the second best team in their division, the AFC North, because, or the AFC East, I'm sorry, because I don't really see Miami getting any better because of two, uh, not because two is a bad player, but because two was hurt and he contemplated retirement, but he was saying, well, I want to stay because I, I can't walk away from football. You know, and then the next team, the Patriots, they're trying to ship out Mac Jones. They're just a whole mess of themselves right now. They don't have, I guess, I, no, I'm sorry. They did get an offensive corner and Bill, uh, and O'Brien, so they kind of kind of went up, but still, it it's a lot of question marks. They let Jacoby Myers walk. They did bring in Juju, but they probably made Mac Jones mad because they wanted to ship him. I know there was that whole thing with him. So, and him and, uh, and Bailey. So, who knows what's going to happen with the Patriots at this point. So, you know, we're trying to see what's going to happen, what's going to happen with them, along with Bill Belichick being on the hot seat, arguably this season, because if they don't make playoffs or they don't do well, he's out of a job. I'm sorry, but he is, because, you know, four seasons after Brady, you still haven't made the playoffs, and you're supposed to be the greatest coach to ever, co to ever, like, walk in the NFL system. And he hasn't made playoffs since Brady, since Brady has been here. You know, it was the last time he ever made it. So there's just a lot of issues with the two teams. You know, Tua, not sure if he's going to be healthy this season and what's going on with the Patriots. So the Jets are already the second best team in their division. However, do I think that they're going to be better than the Bills? I, that's going to be tough because they are getting Von Miller back and they're going to have, they already have a pretty good defense. I know they lost, they lost a couple key players, but DeMar Hamlin's coming back. So it's going to be exciting to see and kind of what they're going to do in the draft coming up to, uh, tomorrow night. So... With that in mind, the next kind of thing kind of tying in with Rodgers is, is Aaron Rodgers a top five quarterback in the AFC? I say no. Here are, the, here are my top five quarterbacks in the AFC this upcoming year. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, obviously. It's going to be Joe Burrow. Sorry about that. Buffalo Bills quarterback. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on his name here. 
Josh Allen. Sorry, I don't know why I blanked on his name like that. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence. Those are my top five. I would pick those five quarterbacks over Aaron Rodgers right now. And some people may question, well, why Trevor Lawrence? Okay, if not Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. They're probably the closest one to five. I'd pick one of those two over Rodgers. You know, and I'm basing it off of what happened last season and kind of the attitude he had, kind of, you know, how he put himself in that problem where he had no connection with any of the new wide receivers that they brought in and he was struggling to have that work out. And, you know, you know, you know how Aaron Rodgers works. He complains. He points the finger. I'm never in the wrong, even though I was the one that held down. Not sure if I was coming back. I came back and all of a sudden nothing works, you know, so I don't know. Kind of seeing just based off last season, he is getting older. I believe he's thrown more, the most interceptions in his career last season. He had the lowest QBR rating last season in his career. So I wouldn't say he's falling off. I'm, you know, age beats everybody at some point in time. And I think it's starting to maybe catch Aaron. But he does have a lot of talent around him. So he doesn't have to be, you know, Mr. Save Us. He doesn't have to be the saving grace of the Jets because he has such a great team. Right now, he arguably has a better team with the Jets than he does with the Packers. So... He's going to be okay. You know, he just has to play decent to competent to be able to make that team function. But I would still would rather have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert, one of the two. Reason I would get I would trade up uh, Trevor Lawrence instead of Justin Herbert is because of what happened in the playoffs. Because Trevor Lawrence came back down 27 to nothing and beat Justin Herbert. When Justin Herbert had a 27 nothing lead on Trevor and lost the game, which you can't do. He was like one more touchdown away from being better. But Trevor came back. I would rather have Trevor Lawrence. You know, everyone was saying when he got drafted, he's going to be the next Peyton Manning. Now that he has an uh, actual competent coach in Doug Peterson instead of Urban Meyer and that whole fiasco, they, they're they able to kind of build around him. And, I mean, the Chargers, they just mess, they messed it up themselves. So with that in mind, I would those are going to be my top five. It's going to be... Patrick, Joe, Josh Allen, Lamar, if he plays. That's kind of my thing. If Lamar is still playing in the AFC, I have to have him at number four and then Trevor Lawrence. So I don't really see Aaron being top five right now. Unless, you know, he just has a great year, then obviously he's going to be probably up there. But it's a, it's a tough mountain. He's in a tougher division. And I argued that a lot. The AFC, at least in the re, uh, since Patrick Mahomes came and all those great quarterbacks started coming in, the AFC is probably the toughest division between them and the NFC. The NFC, it's always a it's always a coin flip who's going to win it. You know, let's be honest about it. No one thought the Eagles were going to win it last season. I definitely didn't expect it to happen. Everyone kind of knew it's going to be the Chiefs more than likely, or it's going to be the Bengals or the, or the Bills. You kind of have an idea with the AFC. Now that Rodgers is coming in to the AFC, he definitely has a lot more work to be done, and he definitely has a higher mountain to climb. Like I said, his division is not going to be that bad, in my opinion. Really, his biggest competition is going to be the Bills and Josh Allen. He's going to be the he's really that's the really the only team I can see realistically that he needs to beat out. Everyone else, he can I guess he can work around. I don't know if he can beat Patrick Mahomes. I highly doubt he can. I don't know if he can do better than Joe Burrow. It's gonna it's gonna be tough, but it's definitely gonna be an interesting AFC race this season. But I do have the Jets probably finishing a probably with a good record, with a winning record, and making the wild card because there's no way that team is that loaded and stacked. And now they have a good quarterback, or at least a decent quarterback, that's gonna come in, take over, and help. Now, take over. I mean, he's already doing that. He already took over the management. Basically, they were trying to you know appease him and get him all these all these pieces and just craziness that what's going on with them right now and now he's kind of coming in kind of taken over already now he's actually in the building so now let's just see how chemistry works out let's see how character is built and what's going to go on in the locker room that's going to be the biggest thing in my opinion and plus he's in new york now so there's a lot tougher criticism coming out of new york if any if anyone's ever like read articles coming out of like the new york out of new york or even analysts or reporters in new york they are tough graders they are tough that's probably like one of the cities i would never want to be in an athlete not because of opportunity but because man if you screw up they let you have it you know like you know other people maybe not they're like oh aaron Rodgers didn't play that well whatever whatever no in new york they will straight up tell you no you you suck and they're gonna they're gonna make their voices known they are very very high like diehard fans in New York. I mean, we've seen it just with the Knicks. So I'm just saying it's they, he has a lot tougher criticism going to New York and kind of just going from there. 
So hopefully it works out for the Jets. I know they gave up a lot, and they were only a quarterback shy from possibly making a deep run in the playoffs. So, But congratulations to the Jets for getting Aaron Rodgers. You now have a quarterback. You don't have to ride with Zach Wilson. And maybe Zach Wilson will learn. But I don't know. He did say that whoever's coming in is going to make his life hell. But it was funny because I think Rodgers uh, commented on that, and he said, well, he can make my life hell, but I'm going to make all our lives heaven. I don't know. A little bit of a stretch because he kind of didn't make – Green Bay's life he uh, life heaven, so. <laughs> so, moving on to the next topic for today. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a real quick pause from the podcast to introduce our first sponsor, One Guy from Italy on University. One Guy from Italy on University is a local Lubbock restaurant located right next to Texas Tech University. They have some of the best food in town. I know personally I go order. The house calzone is my favorite. And also, they have been voted to have the best calzones in Texas. So if you're ever in Lubbock, Texas, make sure you guys stop by One Guy from Italy on University. And thank you guys for being our first sponsor of the podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. <sighs> A sad one this past week and another, another big event that just broke the internet, Twitter. Everyone's still kind of talking about it. Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis fight. Javante Davis knocks out Ryan Garcia in seven rounds. <laughs> I'm upset because I had Ryan. You guys heard it on the podcast. I was riding with Ryan. I thought he would win in decision, but clearly that's not what happened. And just seeing that fight, it was a lot. It was just a lot to take in. So I want to dive. I want to go to Gervonta's side first. First of all, he 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 fought great. Don't get me wrong. I can't I can't like disknowledge that. I'm not gonna take any uh, any credit away from him. So the way he was kind of setting up for Ryan and the way he defended against him was kind of like how he goes into every other fight, in my opinion. Kind of just, you know, he's waiting for the right time to strike. I mean, he is an older fighter. He did have more fights than Ryan. I believe he was 28-0 while Ryan was 23-0. So he had about five more fights under his belt, and that's not even including the amateurs. So that shot he got in the rib, and actually, before we get to the, the body shot, I'm going to talk about like earlier in the fight, because he knocked down Ryan in round, in round two, round three. He knocked down Ryan, and you can kind of see, like, why, because he defended, he waited for his opportunity, and he got Ryan with a good hit, and he knocked him down. Now, Ryan got up like nothing. I think Ryan ended up commenting, saying that really didn't hurt. I didn't understand why people were getting knocked down by his power, but, I mean, he is a taller fighter, and probably because he fought so close, so the minute the punch came, it wasn't, like, a full extent of his power, so it just kind of, like, shocked him, and he got back up. Cool. But he, but he was studying Ryan. From what I saw, he was countering. You know, he's a, you know, he he was a good counterfighter in this fight. So kind of just, you know, sticking and moving. And kind of the only thing that was bad was that he kept putting himself in a corner. You know, Ryan had great like ring awareness to know like cut him off. You know, and every time Gervonta tried to take advantage of that, Ryan would cut him off again. So I think that was like really the one thing. And then there were times where where you know Gervonta was slipping. You know, when there were times where Ryan had him or he got a couple of good shots on him, he had him. And that's kind of was the more frustrating part, at least from my end, was that Ryan had him. You know, let me go to Ryan real quick. So, obviously, Ryan had his hand down a lot whenever he was trying to release the hands and Gervonta got him twice. However, when he first got knocked down in round two, or round three, when he got the first knockdown, I could just tell he was defeated. Because he didn't want to swing anymore. He was trying to play defense against Gervonta, which is exactly what Gervonta wants. He wants you to fight, you know, play defense. He wants you to, he wants to make sure that you don't do any better than he does. You know, he gets you to knock down. He kind of intimidates you. Now you know his power. And then he goes from there. So I think with the knockdown, Ryan just got flushed. He got scared. And he didn't know what to do. Because he got knocked down. He didn't think he was going to get knocked down that early. So he was playing a lot of defense up until, I believe, round six. Round five or six, he started to actually fight. And that was my biggest thing because you are down in points. You are down about, I think, uh, the scorecard at the end before the knockdown was like 55, 58, something like that. Some people had 58, 57, and another person had like 59, 55. He was down in points overall. He needed to start swinging and get some good shots to come back in the, come back in the fight. And I think just confidence walked, you know, just left the building for him after the knockdown because he just wasn't confident in himself anymore. And you can kind of tell. You can kind of see like, he just looked defeated every time he, put, he kept trying to, you know, get near him. And every time, like, he just he tried to set up the left hook, which is his power move, which is fine if you want to set it up. But he's got he's to gotta move the right hand. And I, I understand he was scared of Gervonta, but there were times where he had Gervonta stuck on the rope. 
He had him stuck like four or five different times on the ropes. He could have let it go and let it swing. There were times where he hit Gervonta and he wobbled. There were times where I saw Gervonta's legs wobble because of it. kind of his stance is a little awkward in my opinion. Just kind of like the extended foot. It's like really weird. So obviously one good shot, you're going to lose your balance. You know, so I think it's a little bit of a gamble for Javante, but I mean, I guess it works. However, though, Ryan did, you know, he did, you know, he kind of had the jabs going a little bit. And that was the thing. He just didn't keep the jab. You got to keep him away, especially if you don't want him to get real close to you, because that was probably Javante's game plan is to stick real close and get the good shots. And with Ryan, you know, not solidifying his jab, using his reach and his height advantage, he, you know, he didn't win the fight. You know, scared. If you go in there, if you go in there scared and. You know, you're in there, you're in that ring scared, you're not going to win. Plain and simple. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. And I think for Ryan, that was his thing. Just ended up being scared, and he was nervous, and then he realized, you know what, I got to get back in this fight. He started getting it, and Gervonta got a good shot. So, back to Gervonta on that shot, you know, he was stuck, but he was able, he waited for his moment and got Ryan in a really good body shot right here. And, it, it, I mean, it looked like it hurt whenever you see the replay, and Ryan just, collapsed so it was it was definitely an entertaining fight it was definitely worth the money i mean it was it was a mega fight i'm not surprised how it went how you know how well it did and everyone was just so excited i mean it, i mean this fight was like two years in the making they finally got it to happen now um ryan kept saying like well maybe get a couple wins and i'll come back and fight him i i don't know ryan i don't know if you're actually gonna fight him or not because i mean he kind of took you down in round seven so i mean if he wants to get a couple more fights get more experience and then come back and face him Go ahead. Who should Javante Davis face? I think Shakur Stevenson would be a good one. He's been trying to get it to work. Uh, Devin Haney after his fight with Loma, that's going to be a good fight. I know one. Of, I know either Ryan or Javante wanted to fight uh, Devin Haney after after their fight. They're going to be the next people up to try to take his title belt. So that would be another probably a good money making fight, especially if Devin Haney wants to fight Javante and. Either him or Shakur. Uh, either way, it's going to be a good fight, and people are going to buy that ticket for uh, for Javante Davis. What should Ryan do from here on? I mean, he said he's going to move back up to 140, the 140 weight class, to try to take over there. So, I mean, as long as he, you know, learns from this fight and grows and doesn't, you know, doesn't just step back and say, you know what, I'm defeated and let this loss define him, then he, he'll be okay. As long as he doesn't, like, uh, just allow that fight to be, like, his, de you know, the definition of who he is. Because I don't think it is. I still think he's a great fighter. I'm not going to turn my back on, on Ryan Garcia because of this fight. You know, everyone loses. Canelo, Canelo loses. Pacquiao loses. Muhammad Ali lost. You know, it's a matter of how you're going to rebound yourself and move forward with, you know, kind of move forward. And, you know, there's always another fight. You know, just all you got to do is learn your lessons, watch the tape. Get back in the gym and go back to work. That's all you can do and just learn from your lessons. Hopefully they can make this fight work again. That would be pretty cool to see a rematch, but will Ryan do it? I don't know. I really don't think so. Alrighty, one more topic before we get to the NFL draft. NFL players have been suspended. Players such as Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, have been suspended along with three others for gambling, for violating NFL rules of gambling. <laughs> reason I laugh at this is why you have millions of dollars. What in the world are you doing gambling? I don't, I, when I first saw this story come out, why are you gambling? We just saw what happened to Calvin Ridley. He got suspended for a whole year. The NFL is not messing around with the gambling protocols and their gambling, their gambling, like, you know, rules and standards. Because here's why. They don't want to run the risk of point shaving or, you know, throwing games or owing somebody, especially someone really big that's not safe, that's not safe, owing somebody a lot of money and you may not be able to pay it. I mean, just because, yes, you're an NFL player and you're making millions of dollars, some of them up, the lowest is probably like 500 grand. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't. Like, there's no reason. It says in clear black and white about the NFL gambling policy. You are not allowed to gamble no matter what. I, but I believe that Jamison William, uh, Williams, he got only suspended for six games because he wasn't gambling on NFL games. But the other players that did get suspended, they got suspended indefinitely and they would have to go get reinstated you know, in the NFL after the season. So Jamison caught a break, but he was caught in the facility gambling. And I don't get it. 
He was a top pick in a draft. He's making millions. Why are you gambling? There's no reason you should be. I understand, like, right now, sports betting is, like, through the roof. Everyone will bet on anything right about now. So, I understand, like, it. you know, it's a thing. Everyone does it. But you're an NFL player. You make millions. Don't cost, don't ruin your career because of it. Calvin Ridley, in my opinion, caught a break after he got released by the Falcons and the, you know, the Jaguars picked him up. I think he got a break from that because he is a really good player. The, you know, that team might not be as tolerable. That next team might not be as tolerable, Jameson. Like, there's no way that they're going to, like, just allow that and be, okay, yeah, you know what? He made a mistake and go about it that way. No, you got caught in the facility. Like, that's the worst part of it all is that if he would have gotten caught or they would have found out and he was, like, in the offseason or something, then, like, maybe, like, okay, you know, offseason, he's bored. But even though he's not gambling on NFL games, still, like, he's gambling on other sporting events, and that's not what you're supposed to do in the NFL. They don't want that. They don't want gambling to come in and start ruining the game. Because that's the biggest concern, and the NFL has been open about that. They don't want corruption to come into the NFL, even though they're script writers. Who knows if that's a thing, real thing or not. But they don't want that. They don't want corruption. They don't want organ. They don't want people that owe money. You know, these players to owe. You know, these big, either a big casino or maybe someone that you shouldn't be messing around with owe them money, now they got to throw football games, point shaving, their safety might be in jeopardy. That's a lot of consequences you have to think about when you're doing, like, gambling like that, especially if you're, like, an NFL player, because they will try to get you, believe it or not. I mean, if anyone's ever gone to Vegas or anything like that, or whatever, gambling, you, you can see it, you know, you get the hot hand, you kind of feel yourself, and the next thing you know, you lose, and you kind of lost a little bit of everything, and now you're kind of upset, you know, and... You luckily you have the money to pay them back, but what happens when you don't have the money to pay them back? Guess what? You got an IOU, and depending on who it is, they are not scared to cash it in whenever they want, whenever they feel like it, and they are not scared to give you the hey, here here's my IOU, here's what you need to do, and there's nothing you can do about it. So with that in mind, just don't do it. I mean, if you are sports betting, I mean, bet responsibly. That's how I look at it. I mean, if you want to, if you want to gamble, I mean, that's your that's your prerogative. But just do it responsibly. You know, be smart. If you're losing money, probably step away. If you're winning money, great, good for you. And no, just if you're an NFL player or you're any kind of like professional player, just don't do it. Don't do it. If your sport does not allow it, don't do it. Plain and simple. Alrighty, we are at the topic. The moment we've all been waiting for. Hey everyone, I just want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce our next sponsor, Goldmine Collectibles. Goldmine Collectibles is a local Lubbock store located right off of 50th Street and University. Goldmine Collectibles sells a variety of things such as Funko Pops, wrestling figures, Pokemon cards, comic books, and more. As an example that I bought from Goldmine Collectibles is this awesome Cody Rhodes Double or Nothing Championship figure that they had in the store. And if you guys see the Funko Pops that I have right behind me, some of them are actually from Goldmine Collectibles. If you're ever in the market for Funko Pops, comic books, Pokemon cards, wrestling figures, and more, make sure you guys head on over to Goldmine Collectibles. Thank you guys for sponsoring today's video. And now, back to the episode. The NFL Draft. Super excited. It is Thursday night, which is tomorrow night as of this recording. So this is where dreams are made, stars to be found. And you're always on the clock. So I'm very excited for this. I'm I'm very, very, like, kind of just thrilled. Because I don't know what's going to happen. Outside of, like, maybe the first 10 picks, it's kind of predictable. Everybody else has a free game here. And it's very, very concerning. Not very concerning, but it's very, like, kind of what's going to happen. Like, when I was making my mock draft, first of all, I give those NFL people that do, like, prospects and stuff i give them props because wow that's a little tricky to kind of come up with players and what people what teams need and you know so before i go over my mock draft there was something that came out in about the nfl draft um just to let you know about my mock draft this ha this doesn't include any kind of trades or potential trades that may happen just because i wanted to keep it simple but before we get there there was an article and this kind of ties in the nfl draft here that will levis apparently on reddit said that carolina was calling him and now he is going to be a Carolina Panther. And what ended up happening from that is that NFL Fox Sports Bets 
I think they gave him like a plus 5,000 to get drafted. Now he's plus 500, which basically means, you know, his odds are going up. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't believe in Will Levis to go number one. If Carolina really goes with Will Levis, I'm probably going to lose my mind. Because Bryce Young is better than him. Hands down. I would rather have Bryce Young over Will Levis any day of the week. I forgot which uh, NFL media analyst that did it, but he was with CBS, CBS NFL, and he had Will going number one. He tried to defend him, but he's not great. I'm sorry. He really isn't. He has a big arm. Yeah, okay. We've seen what happens when people take a real big reach. Zach Wilson was the biggest recent event because everyone said he has throwing abilities like Patrick Mahomes. I bet the Jets are really, really clapping their hands about this right about now. So that's the thing that we have to keep in mind when we evaluate these people. And I kind of blame it a little bit like on NFL scouts and kind of like people that take those kinds of intangibles and say, oh, well, he has a great arm. He can do this. He can do that. You know, he's bigger. He's not five foot ten, which I don't know why that freaking matters at this point. You know, it was stuff like that. Like that was the whole thing with Bryce Young. It was like, oh well, what's his size? He's one eighty one, you know, five ten, one eighty. Still won a Heisman. He was still the best college best player in college football at Alabama. He made it work in Alabama. He only being five foot ten, the SEC alone is probably the closest to the NFL you're gonna get in college. Just playing in the SEC alone. Kentucky did not do that well with Will Levis. Kind of apples and oranges, don't you think? And on top of that, you know, he just, you know, he does have a big arm and everyone's been trying to make the excuse of, well, he didn't have a running back in Kentucky his last season. He didn't have good wide receivers. Yeah, you know who else didn't have a good wide receivers and a good running back? Patrick Mahomes. At Texas Tech, and he worked out, and everyone kind of said the same problem. But he made it work. That was the difference between him and Will. Because Patrick in college didn't have much to work with, and he still led still led the NCAA in all-purpose yards over everyone in college football. He didn't get a Heisman vote because he was, you know, at Tech, and they didn't do that well. But he still was like one of the, he was probably still one of the best at the time, or probably the best quarterback in the, in the NCAA when he was his final year at Tech. Will Levis wasn't even close. Will Levis didn't even get a Heisman Trophy-like nomination. He wasn't even there. Max Duggan got there before he did. And everyone was, like, you know, talking mess about Max. So that's kind of my thing, is that I don't know where all this draft stock is coming from, and I don't know where all this, like, kind of crazy PR and pro Will Levis. I don't know why everyone is so hyped up about him. Because it was the exact same way with Zach Wilson and, in my opinion, Trey Lance. I didn't know where these two came from. All of a sudden, Zach Wilson's number three, the, possibly the number three pick. And I thought, where did this kid come from, from BYU? And everyone's like, oh, well, he killed it at the Combine. He did well on his pro day. A lot of people do well on their pro days. Like, let's kind of be real here. And same thing with Trey Lance. It was just he kind of came out of nowhere. And I looked at his stuff, and I'm thinking, he played for North Dakota State. He only played one full season, and somehow that means be a top five pick. I don't get it. So it's the exact same thing with Will with Will Levitz. It's a little bit with Anthony Richardson, too. I know you can kind of justify him because he's like a lot more athletic than Will, but I was still in the sense of I don't know if either of them should be that high, you know, because in my opinion, it's, it's either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, but now that apparently... another I guess another report about this was that C.J. Stroud... He, like, failed the S2 test for, um, I guess, when they were doing the draft process, which apparently the S2 test, like, it tests an NFL prospect's, like, I guess their, like, comprehension and stuff and how fast they can get it. And he tested, like, at a 58 or something. I think Will was 98. Um, Bryce was, like, 97. Anthony Richardson was, like, a 78. And then CJ was, like, 58. So then his stock just started going down. And everyone's kind of coming up with rumors like, oh, well, he went to the draft because he's not smart enough to be in college. You know, he was saying like, well, I'm not a test taker. I'm a football player. And it's like, I mean, the, the numbers still say for itself that he's pretty good now. But now everyone's kind of bailing on him. So I don't really know what's going on with that. But it's still going to be exciting to see. So let's get on to it. My mock draft. So I have it right here about who I have going where. So 
like I said earlier in the episode, this doesn't ha this does not include any kind of potential trades. I will talk about if there will be any kind of trades coming up. And of course, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Who do I think they should get in this first round? There's a couple of people that I have in mind, but let's start this mock draft. So in the CAV Sports Podcast, first ever mock draft with the number one pick, Carolina gets Bryce Young. No shocker. The Texans get C.J. Shroud. The Cardinals get Will Anderson. I believe the Colts are going to get Will Levis. Seattle's going to get Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Guns up. The Lions will get Jalen Carter. The Raiders, in a shocker, will get Anthony Richardson. The Falcons will get Devin Witherspoon. The Bears are going to get Peter Skrivonsky. The Eagles get Nolan Smith. The Titans are going to go with a... Sorry about that. They may get an offensive lineman. Sorry, I didn't write the name down. The Texans will get Jackson Smith um, Jackson Smith from Ohio State. Just a pair with them. Next up, the Packers get Jordan Addison. The Patriots get Broderick Jones, lineman. The Jets get Paris Johnson, another, another offensive lineman. The Commanders get Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, the, the cornerback. The Steelers get Osiris Torrance, another offensive lineman from Florida. The Lions get Brian Branch from Alabama. The Buccaneers, led by Baker Mayfield himself, get Darnell White, another offensive lineman. The Seattle Seahawks get, get Collage Kainsey. The Chargers get Maisie Smith from Michigan, defensive lineman. The Ravens take Quinton Johnson. The Vikings get Deontay Banks. The Jaguars. The Jaguars, I believe they're going to get another offensive lineman. Sorry, I can't really say their name. But I think they're going to help build that offensive line. The Giants are going to get Zay Flowers. I believe that the Cowboys, realistically, are going to get Bijan. I believe he'll fall that far. The Bills will get Michael Mayers from Notre Dame. The Bengals get Emmanuel Forbes to help out a corner. The Saints get Drew Sanders from Arkansas. The Eagles get Will McDonald IV. And the Chiefs get Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver from Tennessee. So that's my mock draft. Here's I'll kind of justify on some of these things that are the some of these picks. So I think the Texans are still gonna is CJ just because they do need a quarterback. Now, I did see some other mock drafts that some of them think that he'll that they'll get Will they'll get Will Anderson at two and then wait till twelve to get either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, whoever's still available. And I don't really justify that because what's the difference? Just get CJ Stroud now. You get a better quarterback and you can always get someone on defense. But I do have them getting uh Smith. Just because uh, Jackson Smith out of Ohio State, just because they do need a wide receiver, they traded away Brandon Cooks, who was probably their best wide receiver they had on the team. So why not get a star wide receiver from Ohio State to pair with C.J. Stroud, who was at Ohio State? Why not just get both teammates together and put them in Houston? It's going to be an awesome pairing. Now, why do I say the Raiders are going to get Anthony Richardson? Thing is, Jimmy Garoppolo, he wasn't the answer in San Francisco. He wasn't the long-term answer. He got to the Super Bowl. He's a winner, but he's injury-prone. And we saw what happened last season and the season before that. He got hurt. Trey Lance came in. He got hurt. Now this season, Trey Lance got hurt. Then Jimmy got hurt. Then Brock came in and took over and kicked out basically Jimmy Garoppolo. Now he's on with the Raiders, which is even in a tougher division because they have the Kansas City Chiefs. They have the Chargers. It's not going to get any easier in that division. And the Broncos, who are possibly going to get better so i think that they will get anthony richardson they're going to try to get their quarterback for the future just because i believe they all they all understand that they just got jimmy garoppolo right now to learn to kind of at least be the qb1 coming out starting the season and he can maybe help out anthony richardson to kind of build him up to be the quarterback of the future but i do think that anthony richardson will get drafted probably top 10 because i don't i don't really see anybody else trying to get him past 15 maybe i don't really see it being a possibility and then I do see Jalen Carter going to the Lions just because of, just because of Detroit. They said that felt better after talking to Jalen Carter when he came for the visit, even though Jalen Carter has had a lot of off-the-field off problems. He had the whole 
um, I believe the accident that killed two people. He was saying to teams that I'm only going to visit top 10 teams, uh, top 10 pick teams. And then he went to his pro day, nine pounds overweight. So, I mean, he's going to be a coin toss just because of all the off the field problems he's been having. However, though, I do think that the Lions are going to be sold on him after talking to him. So they may try to go get him. Next up, Jordan Addison of the Packers. Why do I say that? Because I, it would be just a great sense of irony that they pick a wide receiver right now after getting rid of Aaron Rodgers just to spite him. I think that would be so hilarious. I think that would be just, just a funny twist of fate and kind of a turn of events. So next up, the Patriots getting Broderick Jones. The reason why I think that is just because just to rebuild the offensive line and kind of help out Mac Jones and the running backs and possibly, you know, Juju Smith to kind of protect them. Just because, I mean, right now it's kind of maybe what the Patriots are looking at right now because I really don't see them trying to get a quarterback or they may try to get a wide receiver. That's kind of another questionable one. They may try to go get Zay Flowers or something if he's still available or if Jordan Addison's still there. So that's one of the other options I can see kind of happening. But, well, that's who I have for the Patriots. Next up, the Jets, Paris Johnson. Protect Aaron Rodgers. Simple as that. There's no other explanation really needed for that one. Uh, Steelers getting Osiris Tor uh, Torrance from, or sorry about that. Yeah, Torrance from Florida. Protect Kenny Pickett. They have a pretty good skill set in Pittsburgh right now. You know, great running backs to Najee Harris. They have uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens. They just added Allen Robinson. They have a great defense led by TJ Watt. So why not? you know, build up the offensive line, make it stronger, get Penny, Kenny Pickett more time to throw and stay in the pocket. So that's kind of a, a no-brainer. The Buccaneers getting Darnell right. I did see some mock drafts having them either get Anthony Richardson or go get Henderson Hooker um, just because they give up, give a little bit more QB competition. I think that if they try to do that, they're kind of just going to set them up for failure either way because that was their, one of the weakest points on that team last year was the – was the offensive line. After the center went out and some other key pieces of that line go getting hurt and all that, they, they need to rebuild it. If they want any kind of success, and the division's still wide open in the NFC South, if they want any kind of success or anything like that, they're going to want to go get some offensive line help. I think defense, they'll be okay. They have a pretty good skill set. Now that probably, you know, if Baker Bayfield does start, at least help them out a little bit. Don't set them up to fail. I mean, they're not paying him a lot of money anyways, so there's no point in them trying to get him to, you know, get injured or get hurt or fail. So I think that they're going to get – they are going to get the lineman out of Tennessee, Darnell Wright, and I believe he didn't allow a sack this whole season. So I think he'd be a great addition to the Buccaneers, especially needing that kind of help. The Ravens getting Quentin Johnson? I believe so because you you never know. Because Odell, I mean, he's he's great, but he's not the same Odell as he was in New York. Who knows what's going to go on with Rashad Bateman? And maybe this will kind of persuade, you know, Lamar Jackson to come back and be like, hey, like, we got you weapons. Let, let's go to work. The reason I don't have, like, him, the reason I have him over Zay Flowers is I think that that's kind of what the Ravens need. They need more of, like, a possession catcher because he can just run streaks and they can throw the ball deep. He's a tall wide receiver. He has freakish speed and strength. I mean, we saw it at TCU. We saw it this past season. Only thing is maybe his ankle, but, I mean, if you just have him going, uh, running fly routes most of the time, you'll be fine. And if they run the ball, he's a pretty good blocker. So that would be a great pickup for the Ravens. Now, the Giants getting Zay Flowers. I do think that they will get Zay just because they do need a wide receiver. They did add Darren Waller, but we kind of saw without at least good wide receivers, Daniel Jones is struggling. But I think he's going to struggle either way if Saquon's not there. So, I mean, it's going to happen. But I do think they will get Zay if Zay does fall that low, just because they're going to need it in the long run. Next up, my Dallas Cowboys getting Bijan Robinson. Now, will this actually happen? I don't know, because a lot of people have Bijan going up. But I think there's a lot of other teams that have other needs than Bijan Robinson right now. I think that a lot of teams that are going into this draft don't really need running back, and there's always that st and there's that stigma now of don't draft running backs very high because they're not going to last example ezekiel elliott he didn't last that long he got a paycheck now he's not with the cowboys anymore so this luckily this isn't a super high pick it is a first round pick but i mean he's like what well, i believe he's like the best prospect that they've seen going in the nfl draft since saquon barkley so and i saw him in texas he did pretty well barring the tcu game he did he did have a stellar season and seasons with texas so 
I think that maybe the Cowboys might get him just to kind of add on to the running back situation. So next up, the Bills get uh, Mike Myers from Notre Dame. They just need to add another weapon for for Josh Allen. So just so that way he can have like someone else to throw to. It's not a guarantee Stefan will be there next season. And you have another great tight end that can kind of at least be a wide receiver. I know everyone kind of calls him like Baby Gronk or Little Travis because he has Travis Keller in uh, Travis Kelsey in him. So it's 50-50, but I think that they'll go with him. The Bengals getting Emmanuel Forbes just because it's, they're going to help out at corner. Eli Apple's not there anymore. Chidobe Awuzie is hurt. I would think about getting another corner just because you don't know how much longer Chidobe will be, the, uh, be able to like go without getting injured. And just having another uh, young corner come in and take over. And Emmanuel Forbes has a great setting. So next up, the Saints getting Drew Sanders. I think it will just help their defense overall. Now that Derek Carr kind of came in, hopefully Alvin Kamara can pick it up. And who knows if Slant Boy and Michael Thomas will ever be the same again. But I think they have enough on offense with Chris Olave to make it work. And uh, Taysom Hill probably helping out the defense. So Drew Sanders, who was at Alabama, he transferred to Arkansas, killed it in Arkansas. So I think that will go well. And then the Chiefs, Jalen Hyatt. Just because they do need a wide receiver, they did lose Juju Smith and uh, Nicole, uh, Nicole Hardman. It, it, I mean, Patrick Mahomes can make anything work. That's clearly what we saw in the last Super Bowl. He can make any kind of wide receiver help work. But I do think that the Chiefs do need to address that elephant in the room as, hey, we got to at least get him a wide receiver because we can't always just throw it to Travis Kelsey. And we can't always hand the ball off to, you know, uh, punch uh, – Pacheco or anybody, whoever's in the backfield, Pacheco, uh, Clyde Zedward-Hilaire, whoever's there. And they can't do that and just throw to Travis Kelsey. It's not going to work. I'm sorry, but it's not. Um, another, so to kind of move on from this, I do see some potential trades. It's kind of some teams. I do see maybe the commanders trading up to maybe get a quarterback because they still need one. They only have Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell. I don't know if they're completely sold on both of them. I would possibly trade up to get Anthony Richardson. Just because, I mean, they have a third quarterback and worst case scenario, they can always throw him in or he can be second string behind Jacoby. Learn behind Jacoby. Another big one that I thought was kind of shocking was that the Vikings trade back to get a quarterback. What? Here's why. Because Kirk Cousins is not getting any younger. We had the, He had that really, really weird season last year, and I really don't see him sticking around any longer or as much longer in Minnesota. So it might be important to get a quarterback. I believe that's another note I have here is that I have the Vikings possibly picking Henderson Hooker in the first round. Here's why. Because they do want to get a quarterback for the future. I believe that um, they said that the quarterback from A&M, they don't believe in him. So, it, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea have him learn behind Kirk Cousins for a year and then put him in the next year. Or, you know, if he learns for two years, sends off Kirk and go. But I do think that that is a big possibility. I do think that, you know, the Vikings could use another quarterback. But I do have them getting uh, Deontay Banks or maybe even a wide receiver in Zay, uh, Zay Flowers or whoever else might be available just to help out Justin Jefferson since Adam Thielen did get traded or not got traded. He got released and then he got picked up. So we'll have to see about that. Now, moving on to my Dallas Cowboys. So there are two people, maybe three, I can see them picking up. Bijan's number one. I know a lot of people want the Dallas Cowboys to go get Bijan. He would be a perfect pairing with Tony Pollard to be like a Zeke and Pollard kind of thing again. My only concern is that Pollard is up for a contract, and if they want to keep Pollard, I really don't see the sense of them getting Bijan, if that makes sense, especially since they have Ronald Jones and they brought back another running back, and who knows if they may think about bringing back Zeke. Who knows what's going on with that? But... In any case, they already stacked up running back. If they bring in Bijan, I mean, someone's got to get the boot or someone's got to be, you know, on the training team. So that's why I'm like, it's a little 50-50. The next one would possibly be the Notre Dame tight end, Myers, just because, you know, it'll help out. We'd have a little bit more of a receiver tight end. You know, I, I personally like Ferguson and Hendershot. I think that they're the best of a split. You know, Ferguson's a little bit better of a blocker than Hendershot, but Hendershot's a great receiving tight end so i think that was a good little uh combo but with the departure of dalton schultz that probably would be another great pickup to help out another one that i kind of heard around the news is that maybe if zay flowers drops pretty far or jalen hyatt just because you know getting another wide receiver to help which i mean 
makes sense in the long run, but I also don't know if they will do that since they just picked up Brandon Cooks. They have CeeDee Lamb, which they picked up their, his fifth-year option, and then they're going to go, you know, they already have a deal with Michael Gallup, so there's kind of, like, I guess, no point in it. But if they want to get another wide receiver just in case Michael Gallup gets hurt and they can come in and fill his spot, I mean, all power to them. But those are really the three that I've heard. And some other trades that I've also, like, kind of heard, like, in the wind about things is that the Colts might trade with the Cardinals to get Will Levis, which I don't really know why. Because they, they're probably still going to get him at four. Because there's no reason for the Cardinals to get a quarterback with Kyler Murray there. And if the Texans really want to get Will Levis and bite the bullet on that, then CJ's still there. Or if they don't buy in on CJ, then get Anthony. Now, another mock draft that I saw and kind of heard about was obviously the Texans going Will Anderson and then getting either Will or Anthony at 12, which isn't a bad idea, I guess, but it's also like a little bit in the air. Just because, just because, like, like I said earlier, there's no point in getting a quarterback later if you can get one right now, especially if you can get a better one right now. Between CJ and Will and Anthony Richardson, I'd still probably go with CJ Stroud. So I'd rather just get CJ Stroud now because I know if they go defense, Cardinals is probably going to get the next one up, which is going to be Jalen or, Ty or Tyree. And then CJ's going to go to the Colts. And then they're going to have to pick their poison here. And then. If the Raiders still go with Anthony Richardson, then Will Levis is the last one on the board. So I think the Texans kind of put themselves in a tricky spot. I just say get the quarterback now and get a wide receiver. You know, especially Smith and CJ. They both played together at Ohio State. You know, kind of bring it back. That's what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase did when they both got, got drafted by the Bengals. Same logic. They both played at LSU, brought them in, and now they're like one of the best uh, wide receiver wide receiver quarterback combinations in the NFL. So, I mean, we've seen it work. It's not it's not a bad thing to go about it that route. So, that's going to be the just going it's going to be up to everyone and see what happens here. I know the Titans were also thinking about shipping out Derrick Henry. So, don't be surprised if a team wants to trade and get Derrick Henry and maybe they give up a, a first round pick and they come back. But that's going to be my prediction for the NFL draft. I'm very excited to see if I'm completely wrong or I'm completely right going into Thursday night or tomorrow night as of this recording. But already, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the CAV Sports Podcast NFL Draft Edition. Make sure you guys follow me on all my social media at CAV Sports, CAV Sports Podcast. This will be up on YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. But, guys, the NFL Draft... Get ready because everyone's everyone's team is going to change, and I'm very excited to see who's going to go where and what is going to happen. But I'll catch you guys in the next episode.